Welcome to the Lead Me On podcast, where we give you practical solutions for extraordinary leadership. My name is Lori King-Taylor, and I'm here with my co-host, Lori Gorell. For more than 25 years, we've been educating and coaching individuals who want to transform the way they lead. Join us each week as we provide inspiring conversations to help you increase your capability to lead with greater impact and influence. Get ready. It's time to lead me on. Hello, Lori Gorell. Hello, Lori King-Taylor. How are you today? I am absolutely wonderful today and very excited to be talking with you again today. Me as well. I'm very excited about our topic. Would you like to get us kicked off? I will. And I would love to focus in on a quote that I absolutely adore. And it is, when you focus on problems, you get more problems. But when you focus on possibilities, you have more opportunities. So today we are going to talk about you get what you focus on. I love this because it is always true. It's like one of those just truths in life. And, you know, we've talked so often about negativity bias. We talk about how we show up with people. And if we step back and think about it, we are these machines and we do get very focused on something. And when we are focused on the negative, it really fills that evidence bucket. So focusing on something negative fills our bucket on that one side in that direction. And it all the weight ends up being on the negative side. And what that leads to, and, and we're, we always talk about leadership in, in business, it leads to a loss of productivity to wasting time because you're focusing on in on something that is negative and not moving you forward. It can kill motivation, both for you and your team. And most often we are making it all about someone else. It is someone else's fault. Yeah. And a lot of times what we're focusing on are things we have absolute no control over. And if we have no control over it, why are we spending all of our time thinking about it? Why don't we come back to what is it we do have control over? That's the the switch to flip. But I'd love to talk through a couple of scenarios so people can get an idea of some of the things that we experience on a pretty regular basis. And this example I'm going to share Four clients could listen to this example, current clients, and say, I wonder if she's talking about me. And four clients from totally different organizations, right? Totally. <laughs> and, and, and I'm talking about client organizations. I mean, like, I wonder if she's talking about us. Because it is human. This is pretty normal behavior. And that's where the opportunity lies. So think about you and, and your team, whether you are the, the executive leader, if you are a member of the executive leadership team, and you are in a meeting or after a meeting and you are completely saying that person is the reason we can't get anything done. 
That person is the reason we have low morale. That same person is the reason that we are not hitting our numbers. Complete focus on somebody else. And that person you have absolutely no control over, have no control over how they're showing up or how their behavior. So do we think about this? Do we fix the leader? Do we dig in and say, oh, how can we fix that leader? Or do we refocus on something we have control over? Yeah. And hopefully at some point, you know, conversations can happen with the leader, right? And hopefully coaching happens with the leader and and we can worry about that. But what is it that you can do to solve the issue? So if something's not getting done, if that person is causing you not to be able to fulfill something that you are set to do in your organization, one of your goals, then look back at it and say, what do I have control over? What is it that I can do? And start focusing on how you can move the organization forward. You can move your project forward without that other person. So true. And it can be, so say they're like, well, I really do kind of want to fix the leader, but I, I do need to focus on what I can control. One of the places you can go is taking thoughtful time and reframing to have a good conversation, a crucial conversation with that leader. Because maybe it's really important to you to be a successful communicator. But it also may be if it's this, that person's responsible for the bad culture, what can you do? How can you start making shifts in the organization for your team? Exactly. And and as a leader, you do have influence on your silo, your department within the organization. Change the culture within your organization. Yes, the corporate culture may not be what you want it to be, but what can you do for your people and start identifying that? And, you know, it may bleed over into other organizations and people will start seeing what you're doing despite the leader. They're going to see what you're doing within your department and they're going to want a piece of that. I call it the invitation. When you are doing that, it opens up this invitation for others, for other leaders in the organization to follow along, for the leader that is difficult to follow along without having to focus on the negative you are focusing on the change you can make and it's so incredibly powerful it is and even your leader will start seeing the changes within your department when you change that culture productivity's going to go up you're going to hit your numbers you're going to hit your goals better you're going to retain your employees, the organization as a whole might be bleeding employees, but your department is going to retain because they enjoy working for you and they enjoy that dynamic and it will be noticed. Absolutely. So what we're talking about is disruption. And you and I have gone there before because when our amygdala has been hijacked and that's really what's happening when we are just hyper-focused on something negative going wrong, that you call it Amy, I call it monkey mind, but it is, we have to interrupt that thought process. Yeah, we do. Because our, our brains are really complex machines and they are processing 
millions of bits of information. Um, so it uses this filter and that filter system in the brain that we form this and we formed it all over our years, but we form this filter by telling our brain what's important. And when you are focused on how bad your leader is or how bad your coworker is and how bad things are, you are creating this filter in your brain that is looking for, it's like a sifter. It's looking, you know, when we go gold mining, right? You're sifting through and you're looking for the gold. You've told your brain you're looking for the gold. You've told your brain you're looking for the negative. You're looking for somebody to blame. So you have that filter. So if you're constantly thinking negative and constantly looking for the bad in others, that's what you're going to get. It fills that bucket. Kind of back to that quote, right? Yeah. So um, if you're a more optimistic person, then your brain is going to start filtering more. They're going to start looking for those solutions to the problems instead of looking at the problems. So we do have to do a disrupt and change our thought process. I think this is a, an interesting point too. And I'm, I'm going to throw the question out to you as much as I love to answer it, but can we go from the hyper negative to that person with the positive outlook? You said the people with a positive outlook are going to be looking for the solutions. And if you've lived in negative thinking land forever, you know that you're always looking for, for that, safety of what could go wrong. Can you become that positive outlook person? Yes, you can, but not overnight. You can't decide today, I am totally changing and tomorrow be a completely different person. You can decide today, I'm totally going to change and begin working on the process. But you have to remember, you've spent your whole life or the last 20 years or whatever in this thought pattern it takes time to make that shift. So yes, it absolutely can happen. I've absolutely seen it happen, but don't think it's going to happen overnight. I, I use an analogy and, and I have to start reframing this, but the people of our age will understand. It's like a really well-worn tape, right? If, if we think about, you know, the, the tapes, Right. Cassette tapes. Yeah. Not adhesive tapes. Right. <laughs> but we have these these well-worn grooves in our brain, these tapes that have played over and over and over again. And to those grooves don't fill in by themselves. We don't create new grooves without the effort. So it takes that building the muscle, building new pathways. It does. And that takes time, but it can be done. And so you just have to make a point of every day saying, no, Amy, not today. You know, today I'm going to focus on the positive. And you have to have little reminders, putting notes up, you know, take a post-it note and put it on your computer that says, look for the positive. Uh, just to remind you, because you will fall back in to your old habits and you need a reminder that says, focus on the positive today. And enrolling people to be part of your success. If this is something you are working on, whether you're the leader that's causing the chaos in the team and you've recognized it and or someone has pointed it out to you, and you're like, oh my gosh, self-awareness. I need to I need to change. Or you are somebody on the team and you're just gonna 
you're not going to worry about that leader's negative behavior. You're going to focus on what you can do for your team. Enroll others in your success and say, this is what I'm doing. Accountability is huge. Having somebody that can walk up beside you and kind of nudge you and say, hey, you're doing it again. That's huge because a lot of times we don't recognize it. And everyone cringes. We've talked about accountability before. Everyone cringes. But I'll repeat, look at at it as lifting somebody up for success by holding them accountable. And this is really important. If somebody is trying to rewire their brain, it's, this is a really critical thing that they're wanting to do. You can be a big part of them being the person they want to be. Yes. And, and think about it in terms too, of what you're doing for other people. If you as a leader can change your focus and really begin looking at the solutions rather than the problems, you're teaching your people that same thing. They're looking to you. They're going to notice the difference. And then you're going to help them learn to look for the solutions and not the problems. So so think about it in two terms, not just what you're doing for yourself and your leadership, but leading by example, what are you doing for your people and how are you developing them and helping them to grow through this process? Yeah. So filling the, the other side, the other bucket and to, to bring the balance in, right. There's, there's still some validity to our brain wanting to throw out those safety measures, but it's really then filtering that and say, what is that is useful and recognizing not all of that is useful and balancing that with the potential and the possibility. Yeah, exactly. There's problems in the world. We don't need to walk around with rose-colored glasses thinking about, oh, no, 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 no problems, no problems. Everything is fantastic. No, we have to identify the problems, but we don't focus on the negative of that. When we identify the problems, we become solution providers. Yeah. So when we get what we focus on, rather than focusing on the negative, let's be focused on finding the solutions, the possibilities, the potential in something. But it, as we mentioned, it takes practice. And I think like, when do I know that I need to do this? And when we're feeling frustrated or resigned, this is never going to change. It's never going to get any better. Or we are feeling like we're a victim. We're a victim of somebody else's behavior. Those are some key indicators that it's time to look at disrupting that line of thinking. And if you're unsure, if you become that type of person, ask somebody that you trust, that you trust. Absolutely. You know, one person to ask is your spouse, because how many of us take things home with us? We're in grumpy mood. You know, even if we don't talk about work at home, we might be in a more grumpy mood. Ask your spouse. Have you seen a change? Do I tend to focus on the negative? Do I, you know, ask your spouse questions. Um, And then someone you trust at work, a colleague that you can, you know, go to lunch with, have a cup of coffee with, and just say, you know, have, you know, talk to me honestly about my attitude. Have I become very negative or am I a negative person? Do I tend to look at, and they may start with, oh, no, 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 no. And you've got to let them know it's safe to tell you the truth. That's why they start with your spouse. Usually they'll tell you the truth, whether you want to hear it or not. (laughs) They were like waiting for the opportunity to tell you. Thanks for asking. (laughs) So glad you asked. Uh, But let 
your colleague know that it's safe, that this is something I'm working on and I really want to know, and we don't know what we don't know. And it's probably not the person that you have been complaining to no, all along, right. or the person that has, you've gotten to collude with you and agree that everything is, is wrong in the world. It, looking for somebody that we, we said you trust, but that you respect, that you respect their behavior, the way they approach the work. Someone that's more of a problem solver mm -hmm. than a yeah. negative thinker. Yeah. Find that person and go, okay, let's talk. Yeah. All right. So you've got what you focus on and this applies at home too. It does. So use it at home as part of your building the muscle. And I have a feeling that we'll be able to come back around to this with more examples because I think it's something worthy of reminders to, to help our, our listeners build the muscle and get a refresh. Absolutely. So what are some practical solutions for extraordinary leadership? And the first one is to really observe when you're stuck in a pattern of blaming somebody else or looking for the problems that are going on within the organization um, and asking people, if you can't identify for sure that's you, ask somebody that you trust. Right. I'd say the second one is disrupt that focus. And you can ask yourself, if I wasn't focused on this, what would I be focused on? Right. And be looking for the, the potential and the possibility. And then don't forget, this is not going to be an overnight fix. If you have fallen into this pattern over the years, it's going to take time to come out. Don't give up. Continue to practice and build that muscle. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I'm always so energized after we have these talks. I am too. And I look forward to talking to you next week. Until then. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, we would so appreciate a review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. If you're interested in knowing more about our upcoming events or working with one of us personally to transform the way you lead, visit our websites. For Lori King-Taylor, visit trinityperformancesolutions.com. And for Lori Gorell, visit Upward solutions cc.com until next week